0: Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. A sunset over the Pacific Ocean in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. Walked out of, I still remember it almost 30 years ago. Red sky. It's awesome. We still have a picture of it. I'd love to show it to you. To be present at the birth of your children. Awesome. No other way of saying it. Awesome. Beautiful concert. Piece of art. Touching moment. Awesome, right? Glass of water on a hot day? It's awesome. <laughs> I'll meet somebody at McDonald's tomorrow at nine o'clock. We'll meet you there for breakfast. All right, awesome. Do <laughs> you ever get the feeling like the word awesome? It's kind of losing a little bit of its meaning, you know. Um, I looked in the dictionary. Some synonyms are amazing, astonishing, stunning, startling, you know. Things that are heavy, things that are important, things that are way up there beyond something hard to believe, not very common, right? A man well, many men, walked on the surface of the moon. Awesome, right? I walked around the block yesterday. Not really awesome. As we go back to the Old Testament lesson, and you might want to have in your worship folder, you can see that if you want to have it handy, on page 6, that's where the text is again. I'm not going to read it all here, but as we go back to that Old Testament lesson, We will see and hear and experience through the Scriptures what the Old Testament prophet Isaiah saw and heard and experienced almost 3,000 years ago when God gave Isaiah his call and he sent him out. And this morning, that same awesome God, that's our God, we used his awesome word, And to come to us and to touch our lives and touch our hearts as we think back on that lesson, looking to inspire awe in our hearts, right? Terror-filled awe, yes, but a joy-filled awe and also a willing and a committed awe to his mission, okay? If you're looking at it or if you remember back, the text starts and it says, in the year that King Uzziah died. Okay. And there's two reasons why this is a little bit significant. Number one, you can like peg this to a specific time and dates and events in history. It kind of reminds us that the Bible here and throughout the Bible, it's real based on facts and it's about real life. Okay. So that's one. But number two, the time during which King Uzziah lived, it was a prosperous time materially for God's people, but as often happens, it was spiritually bankrupt time for God's people, okay? Um, and personally, King Uzziah was also one of the worst kings, uh, completely disregarding what God had set up for. You know how the roles that God had given to the priests in the worship at the temple and to his kings, right? But completely disregarding that, King Uzziah tried to be the one that would offer all the sacrifices at the temple. And God in judgment came to him and he struck him with leprosy. And the rest of his life, King Uzziah lived as a leper until he eventually died. His son had the rule in his place. And now that King Uzziah had died, okay, Now what? (laughs) That was the question. Isaiah could be wondering and thinking. Isaiah had prophesied and worked during that time. So now what? Are things going to even get worse? Or what does God have in mind for us now? Is the judgment that he's been warning, is that going to really come now over all of us, over all of his people? Things were not going well for Isaiah, not around him. and probably not inside of him either. And he really needed encouragement, uh, a purpose, a mission, a call. And so God came to him. We heard about it, right? God gave him that vision that we heard about. Isaiah found himself in the temple. And whether this was the temple in Jerusalem or maybe, as happens in Scripture, it's a picture of, of heaven, It really doesn't change the meaning of this at all. Isaiah found himself there, and there was the Lord Himself in all of His glory. And He was seated on His throne, and He was accompanied by these seraphim, these awesome angelic creatures that we heard about that had six wings, and that were there to serve God and to praise God. And the one called to another, or they called to each other, those words that were the basis for that last hymn that we just sang, right? Holy Holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, the Lord of the armies. That whole temple was full of smoke at God's presence and at the voice of those angels, the whole temple shook. And there was Isaiah. And if he had to pick one word that he probably said at that moment, it was like, awesome, totally awesome. But remember how Isaiah reacted He said, this is awesome, but he also said, I am doomed. I am ruined. I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord himself. And as God came to him in this vision, he inspired terror in Isaiah's heart. And Isaiah was face-to-face with God, but he was face-to-face with the reality that he was a sinner. He reckoned God here. Three times holy, right? Totally different from us. Totally separate from us. Totally distinct from human beings. Because he's holy and perfect in every way. And Isaiah, as I said, I'm not worthy to be in the presence of the Lord. I'm not worthy to have a relationship with the Lord. And certainly I'm not worthy to serve the Lord in any way. And you know what? That's exactly what God wanted to put into Isaiah's heart. And that's exactly the place where God wanted to take Isaiah as he started his ministry. A place of humility, a place of reverence, a place of contrition, and utter despair of his own worthiness. With the knowledge that not only my lips, which he said, but my hands, my feet, my eyes, and even my heart, is unclean. Brothers and sisters, what Isaiah experienced there is what we experience. Albeit without the smoke, without the shaking, without the loud voices and seraphim, but through His Word, here in Isaiah chapter 6 and throughout the Bible, God points us to Himself as this perfectly holy God. And that makes us painfully aware, keenly aware of our unworthiness we know the true God, our God, the triune God, but we also know that God is entirely different and distinct and different and uh, much beyond us because He's holy and we are not. We confess that same thing every Sunday, each and every Sunday, don't we? As we begin our worship, we confess our sinfulness before God. My friends, may we never, never, ever take those words lightly, Or just have them speak them out of a routine or anything. Because for us to live eternally and also day by day, we need to recognize truthfully who God is and who we are. Yes, God is love. We heard it so beautifully in John chapter 3 verse 16, right? God so loved the world. Yes, God is love, but God is also holy. And we aren't allowed to pick one and discard the other or forget about one and only hang on to the other. God is truly, His holiness is awesome. And it should make us aware of our sinfulness. You remember Peter? When Jesus gave him that special miraculous catch of fish out on the late Sea of Galilee. And Peter suddenly was aware that I'm in the presence of God Himself. Remember what Jesus said? What Peter said? Jesus, get away from me. Do you remember Paul on the road to Damascus when Jesus came face to face with him? And he was aware that I've been persecuting God Himself. Let us remember that God is holy. Not only our buddy. <laughs> But he's our holy creator, our holy God. His holiness is awesome. And that makes us keenly aware of our sin, okay? Striking terror into our hearts. However, as soon as Isaiah realized that very fact, right? God continued with this vision, didn't he? And suddenly, God didn't wait long. To give Isaiah something more, something better, okay? A second part of the vision. Even before Isaiah asked for forgiveness, God shared with him the message of his forgiveness. One of those seraphim came flying to Isaiah, holding one, a live coal, a hot coal that he, in a tongs, right? That he had taken from the altar. What altar? The altar in the temple. The altar where the animal sacrifices throughout the entire Old Testament were offered for sin. The altar where every one of those animal sacrifices had as its number one purpose to point ahead to the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, Right to point ahead to Jesus. Those sacrifices pointed ahead Not to any coals, but to the blood that Jesus shed for the whole world. You see, only God who is perfectly holy can make sinners holy. Only God can forgive sins. And so God, as the angel brought that coal and touched it to Isaiah's lips, those unclean lips as he had confessed, God said, look, this has touched your lips, so your guilt is taken away. And your sin is forgiven. And for Isaiah, keenly aware of his sin, there was help and relief and comfort in God's atonement, in God's own sacrifice for sin, in God's forgiveness, and in God's redemption for himself and for the people he would speak with. What an awesome picture this, this is for us also, right? help and comfort and relief for our sinfulness. Where would that come from? Not from changing who God is, for only thinking about God as this loving God, but for recognizing that that holy and perfect God, for our good and for our salvation, through Jesus, His own Son, and the sacrifice that He performed, has forgiven the guilt of our sins satisfied God's holy wrath. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. How awesome is that verse, right? And then God prompted Isaiah by asking him a question. Gave him the opportunity to respond by saying, now who will go for us? And Isaiah, the sinner who had been confronted with his sin but now had found comfort and peace and joy of forgiveness, he responded, "Here am I. Send me." No reason that I should continue standing around here idly and meditating thinking and thinking over this vision and just uh, meditating on it. Isaiah was motivated to go and tell others about the forgiveness that God has for all people. It's not that God needed Isaiah, right? God had angels at his disposition. At his, they were on call all the time. Unlike us, those angels are holy. There were better candidates as messengers than Isaiah then. <laughs> there always are. Those angels. And yet, nevertheless, it wasn't Isaiah's holiness that motivated him. It wasn't his preparation or his goodness or his talents. It was God's forgiveness. It was God's call that motivated Isaiah. And God gives us, gives you and me, the same privilege that He gave to Isaiah, not because He needs us, but He loves us. And His forgiveness... The forgiveness of our sins makes us willing to serve Him. And it makes us effective and authentic and genuine when we speak about God's love with other people. And that's why God's calling. It's not a burden. It's awesome. Everything we do to give God glory in our lives and to reach out with others and share the gospel with others, everything that we call Our sanctification, right? This life that the Holy Spirit produces. It follows our salvation. It's not the cause of our salvation. We don't work for the Lord to hopefully get to heaven. But because He has so, in such an awesome way, forgiven our sins and called us, makes us willing to go in His name. When Isaiah got that message of forgiveness, he just naturally volunteered To tell others about it. And we have the same privilege by responding and saying, here am I, send me, Lord. You know, about a week and a half ago, somebody, haven't met him yet, but somebody said that, those same words, here am I, Lord, send me. And thankfully, the Lord sent Pastor Layman, right? And right now, Pastor Layman is saying, I mean, I'm not literally, but, and I don't know him all that well, but I know he is saying, The Lord's holiness is just awesome. But his forgiveness is awesome. And the call that he gives us is just awesome. That's what he's thinking right now. And if all of you right now are saying, you know, the Lord's holiness, yes, it's so awesome. Who are we? But yet his forgiveness is so awesome. And the call that he gives us, Is awesome. And what's ahead for Christ Lutheran Church then in the coming months and years? Some awesome things. I believe that. God came to Isaiah. He spoke to Isaiah. He gave Isaiah this vision. God went straight to his heart. And you know that terror-filled awe at first turned into this unbridled, joyful awe at God's forgiveness. And then it grew into this disposed this willing awe to be use, used or to be useful by God when He declared, Here am I, send me. And God comes to you and to me today through His Word with that same goal of touching our hearts and inspiring us, taking us first to that place of humility and reverence, okay, but then taking us and showing us the forgiveness not through a burning coal on our lips, but through the blood of Jesus that's applied through faith in Jesus. And then His forgiveness. Doesn't it still set our hearts on fire? Right? To want to be useful and share that message with others. What a difference. From woe is me to I will go. (laughs) Right? God's awesome holiness His awesome love and forgiveness and His awesome calling changes our fear into confidence. It changes our wanting to hide from God into wanting to be sent by God. It turns our sense of unworthiness into a willingness to be sent, to go, to tell others. And that is truly awesome. Amen. Now may the peace of God that goes beyond all understanding may keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.